Welcome to the CBD Ed Show with Edward Cheney, the founder and CEO of Canafil, a manufacturer of CBD-infused products for human and pet consumption. In this program, we will discuss the uses of CBD and other methods for alternatives and complements to conventional medical treatment. Now, here is your host, Ed Cheney. Hey, welcome to the CBD Ed Show. This is your host, Ed Cheney, also the CEO of Canafil. Kimberly Rose, welcome to the show today. Hello, everyone. Uh, so Kimberly was a big part of today's show because our topic is all around new research on breast cancer and how CBD might help. And why Kim was so important is because I think men and women look at breast cancer differently. Well, yeah, it, it, uh, we obviously do, even yeah. though men can get breast cancer yeah. also. Right. I have heard, I definitely understand that to be true, yes. Yeah. But it was nice to have your, your viewpoint on this because it helped us to keep it you know, very centered around breast cancer. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we do expect uh, a really good show. Uh, it is also, of course, tied to Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, so I know this is a, an opportunity for everyone to like, gain more access about this topic. Yeah. There's usually more su- studies, more fundraising. Uh, a lot more people are discussing and putting out information, hopefully most of it being accurate and not an agenda tied behind it. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Which is commonly... Uh, sometimes you, you'll get these studies and there'll be an agenda tied behind it. It's, you know, here's the study and this is why you should buy our product. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's got an agenda. Not everybody, I shouldn't say that. But there always seems to be an underlying something behind a lot of... Yeah, and, and I think that is a good time for me to remind our audience that we do try to deliver this in an unbiased fashion. Uh, so we pour through the research uh, as just a service to you. So we have a keen eye on what to look for uh, that is relevant to you, and that's what we try to deliver. Um, now, I know every once in a while our opinions might show up, but for the most part, uh, we're really trying to deliver unbiased information so you can kind of wade through the clutter. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about CBD in general, Yeah. not our CBD or that's any, very true, just right? CBD in general. Well, let's uh, let's start with uh, let's start with a statement that I think is extremely relevant, and that is that uh, the trend of studies being done today for cannabis as it applies to cancer has been accelerating all year. And that, to me, indicates that the medical community community is accepting this. Yes, and that's fantastic. I I mean, you you just can't, you can't stop this train anymore. It's it's too big now. And you have to pay attention to it. It's natural. It's not a pharmaceutical, um, of, of course, we always say it's not going to cure a situation, but it really can help right. in a lot of ways. Right. And I think that's our service to you today is just provide you with that knowledge 
so that you just become a little bit more informed. And an informed person might react two ways. One is you might go decide to dig a little bit more, mm -hmm. or you might decide just to take this information and act because you have a loved one or somebody or even yourself who might be dealing with uh, this issue. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the great thing is it's also a preventative which is what I really use it the most for, yeah. is, is as a preventative. Listen, I don't have anything that I know of, um, and I just had a... That's right, congratulations. Very thorough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a mammo. I ha I've had a, a lot of tests. All right. Yeah, I guess mm -hmm. it's just that you get that age, you got to have all the stuff done. Yeah. So, and I'm fine. All right. But... Um, I've always thought of CBD as a preventative um, medication. Um, also, it helps with pain and inflammation, which I have to use yeah. on a daily basis. But Well, let's move into uh, the subject for today, which is research around breast cancer and how CBD may help. Uh, when it comes to uh, Kim and I's interaction together, uh, we've got a lot of content to share, So, but her view on it uh, as both a female and somebody that has worked with uh, clients who have used this very specifically for cancer is important. So, but what we're going to try to do is just kind of go back and forth quickly. Yeah. Uh, and try to get through most of this information. Uh, this it started out with uh, we read a Healthline report about the efficacy of CBD in preclinical models of metastasized breast cancer, and this was way back in 2010. Yeah. And we went, okay, well, today there are pages and pages of studies. Right. So we're just going to jump through uh, some of the most, I think, applicable studies that we've pulled out and share those with you. So uh, the, some, of the, some of the campaigns that you will see when looking at research as cannabis applies to cancer in general, <laughs> is about these areas. Yeah. Inducing cell, program cell death. So cancer's issue, and, and you probably already know, this is the darn cell won't die. Yeah. Right? And then when it metastasizes, this mutated cell travels to another location in the body, and because it won't die... It, it continues to, to mutate. divide, mutate, and become, yes, and yes. become uh, mute. Uh, yeah, and then it discontinues. Now, those are genes involved in that, and so the other the, the other area, another area that CBD is being studied for is inhibiting the ID7 gene expression. There is also uh, anti-tumoral. Uh, that means your the cannabis, as it affects your ECS system, has characteristics that are known to be anti-tumoral. And then also, there's this symptoms burden. So when you are in cancer, you're being treated with chemotherapy, uh, which they call a palliative care program. Hmm. And those side effects from those treatments for cancer are severe. And so there is a ton of studying around the symptom burdens and how cannabis can alleviate them. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of a general idea of where all this is going. Let's jump in into some studies. And interesting enough, the very first one I'm going to bring is 2014. But let me tell you what I know. So in 2000, in the, in the 
you know, the 2012, even back in 2007, lots of studies, but nothing real conclusive. And then in 2019, they really started to ramp up. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, I noticed there was a big space of studies and in early 2020, now they're starting to kick back in again, but there's this lag here. And, and I'm thinking that was because there was probably some pushback, uh, maybe from the pharmaceutical industry. I think there was a little bit of hesitation from, uh, from the medical community as they had to kind of like stand in the middle. Well, I mean, and, you know, CBD has been kind of like held hostage by the FDA and the DEA and everybody else. And so you can't really go forward until you get this part of the puzzle fixed. So, well, all right. So, and so in 2014, they did some studies about cannabinoids and anti-tumoral pathways. Uh, So, and this was an inhibition uh, inhibiting the advancement of those those cells. Uh, so see, so this is how they responded to. This is what the uh, summary of this study was: CBD reduced breast breast cancer metastasizing in advanced stages of the disease as a direct result of downregulating the transcriptional regulator ID1. So, and ID1 again has a lot to do with that cell not dying like it's supposed to. Okay. Now, oddly enough, why do you want your cells to die? Well, they were we were designed genetically to be able to do that. Yeah. If that one piece is missing, you know, they've, I've, I've, I've learned, I've watched studies, I've read studies and even watched doc, a documentary on it once that that cell could just live on. Like it has no, it has, it, it's a self-contained anatomy. Uh, and so anyway, all right. So in 2009, uh, the International Medical Science Publication reported that cannabinoids and breast cancer therapy. And I just want to give you a summary of it. Uh, they used uh, both CBD and THC and an exhibit beneficial anti-inflammatory and anti-tumoral properties mm-hmm. was one of their conclusions. Uh, certainly, they were. Uh, everybody knows about the CB receptors, and so they were focusing on those. Uh, the expression of the immune system, they were focusing in on that. Um, and they also did studies related to the drugs used in treating cancer, and how and the efficacy of cannabinoids interacting with it to improve the results. Yeah. All right. So they were able to reduce inflammation, inhibit tumoral growth, and induce uh, apoptosis and cause autophagy. (laughs) All right. Anyway. So, again, a recent study, April 2019. Yeah. Showing those kind of results again, uh, reducing inflammation we knew, yeah, but inhibiting tumor cell growth and inducing apoptosis. I think that was it's a tough word. I think that was pretty big. Yeah, and when you see some of our later responses of the 
the MD Anderson's Cancer Center and then cancer.org. You know, it's interesting how they're responding to some of these studies. Well, listen. They're still remaining hesitant, very distant. Yeah. Which yeah. is too bad. Um, I, mean, I guess you have to be cautious, right? Uh, I don't know how long it takes for some pharmaceutical to be proven to be okay and released to the world. It, it, it's usually a two-year. Okay. Two-year program. Okay. And it so, can be accelerated. And I guess as we've known that they've been looking at CBD for... A long time. I've seen studies as early ten years. Relevant studies as early as two thousand seven. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. I've got one here from November two thousand and seven. Yeah. Here we go. Cannabidiol as a inhibitor of the ID one gene expression in aggressive breast cancer cells. Okay. May I say that date one more time? November two thousand and seven. Yeah. And the conclusion of this study was. It says, in conclusion, CBD represents the first non-toxic exogenous agent that can significantly reduce the ID1 expression of mastastic breast cancer cells leading to the downregulation of tumor aggressiveness. Mm -hmm. That was a conclusion of this study by the Molecular Cancer American Association of Cancer Research. Which is why, again, yeah, it's just uh, as a preventative. Yeah. Now, and now keep in mind, um, the first patent for CBD and cancer was filed shortly after this. Sure. I think it was in 2010. Um, so it did trigger a lot of activities to happen, but at, in 2007, this was all still a, a scheduled drug, illegal, lots of problems, I'm sure, studying it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, there you go. Now let's get to another one more current. Uh, let's see. The first study we're going to talk about is uh, March 2020. Uh, this study came from the Radiation Oncology Department at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Science. This is in Washington, D.C. Here, the concluding sentence of this paper was, our results indicate that across oncology, there is a growing interest in clinical research and the use of medicinal marijuana. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So unanimously, they suggested the therapeutic efficacy of cannabidiol. There was another study in January 2020 from Germany and the effects of non-psycho CBD, no THC. Yeah. They found research unanimously suggested the therapeutic therapeutic efficacy of cannabinoids. So again, they unanimously unanimously suggested (laughs) this. Uh, And here are some of their findings of that research. In isolated combination studies, synergistic effects of medicinal cannabis were generally observed. In addition, CBD may potentially play a role in the, palli- the palliative care of patients. Remember, that was, the, that was dealing with the side effects of chemotherapy, mm-hmm. especially concerning symptoms such as pain, insomnia, anxiety, and depression. Also, again, further human studies are warranted. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is, again, January 2020. Another January 2020 study from Spain suggested that cannabidiol has emerged as a potential agent for breast cancer management 
and research provides evidence of the promising inclusion of cannabidiol in conventional cancer chemotherapy, helping to optimize the effects of the chemotherapeutic agents. Yeah, that's a lot of studies. I mean, obviously, it's not a it, it, in the world of studies. It's right. not a ton, but it's still. Well, this one from Spain is so interesting. So they went directly to this is this is working directly with the chemotherapy uh, therapeutic agents. Yeah. So in other words, giving those treatments along with a cannabis treatment were improving results. Mm hmm. Well, I think that's been known for quite a while, right? It has been known, but I think yeah. what we're finding is becoming accepted. Right. Yeah. 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 So the clinical community, although they're, and they're struggling to accept it, some positive because, you know, just think that their governor and body is one that cannot endorse an unapproved, illegal, any of those. They can't, uh, they can't endorse those things. So right. if the medical community is doing this, they're forcing it in. Good. I know. So I give them a lot of credit. Uh, but let's keep going. In March 2020, uh, another Mar uh, 2020 study, this is in March, suggested that cannabidiol can block the overproduction of the IL-1. Okay, and we know what that is. Suppressing that uh, will stop that gene from moving, metastasizing. All right, so I, I've got I got derailed. So uh, a March 2020 study suggested the cannabidiol can block the overproduction of the 1LB, an inflammatory factor and well-known carcinogenic cancer-causing agent that that is overproduced by the body. And I apologize, but when I had initially had suggested that that gene was the one that stopped the proliferation of the cell, I was incorrect. That was the 1D1, the ID1 gene. This is the IL1, so I apologize, it is not that gene. This gene triggers inflammation, and in fact, triggers a type of inflammation that is a known carcinogenic, mm. and that means cancer-causing. Yeah. Okay, so that March 2020 study was all about they found that it can block and that's what cannabidiol does it can regulate your body's inflammation response mm -hmm. interesting all right how about um cbd and gastric cancer so this is somewhere in your intestinal system a november 2019 study targeting gastric cancer reported that Cannabidiol, and they all are meaning CBD, just in case anybody doesn't remember what cannabidiol is. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's short term is CBD. Cannabidiol promoted cell death in gastric cancer and may have potential as a new therapeutic target in gastric cancer. Okay, so again, they're suggesting that uh, in this study, they found that it promoted cell death in, ca in gastric cancer. Uh, then we have another one, uh, the glioma-related epilepsy. Now, a December 2019 study examined the potential role of cannabidiol for seizure control. We already knew this, right? Seizure yeah, control? definitely. In a patient with recurrent glioma, which is a form of cancer. 
And here's the research that was noted from this study. Glioma-related epilepsy significantly impacted on patients' quality of life and can often be difficult to treat. Seizures cause significant morbidity and, for example, a neurocognitive deterioration, which may result from seizures themselves or due to adverse effects of the uh, anti-seizure drugs that they were using. So in December, this Australian team embarked on a new study examining the use of medical cannabis and relieving the symptoms of this. So uh, again, more increasing interest in the use of medicinal cannabinoids and further studies are warranted. Yeah, I just love it when there's other countries also looking into all of this. It's just, it's going to be a worldwide movement. Yeah. It really is. It yeah. needs to be. Oh, yeah. Right. I don't, totally agree. Totally agree. Um, so we had another study that we're talking about. This, uh, in this study, the doctors will examine and compare efficacy and safety outcomes of a treated dose of CBD. Uh, the range was 500 milligrams to 600 milligrams per day against placebos. And this was a quote, a major strength of this study is that it will target symptom burdens as a whole. So this study was targeting the, the, uh, the side effects of the chemo that's used to treat cancer. Yeah. All right. So again, this study was to target that area and target it as a whole. In other words, looking at dealing with all of the side effects as a whole instead of going in there and singly dealing with each one. Right. Appetite, sleep, pain. They instead looked at this one as a whole. Okay. And again, this was also in December of 2019. Okay. So, so as a whole, rather than just individual symptoms, in an attempt to describe the general improvements and well-being previously reported by some patients in open-label, non-controlled trials of medicinal, medicinal cannabis. Let's see. Patients wishing to... All right. So, uh, there was also a second study, same area. Uh, researchers deployed cannabinoids effectiveness and total symptom burdens in a palliative cancer care. The researchers wrote, there is a considerable interest in the use of cannabinoids for symptom control and palliative care, palliative care, but there is little high quality evidence to guide clinical practice. That summed up a lot for me. So that again, so there is little uh, there is little high quality evidence to guide clinical practice. Remember, clinical practices, they're just, they're, they have to follow uh, a regimen set by somebody that can't really just use anecdotal stuff. Right. And you have to have, do you, I mean, it, for it to be considered high level, do you have to have a, a, a large number of people? Well, I was going to go to that too, because okay. in this research, participants had, here are the participants, over 21 participated 16 patients received received cannabinoids mm -hmm. five received thc at okay. the at the point of about uh eight uh, let me see here uh no they didn't tell me what the percentage of thc was okay um eight, 18 completed the primary outcome measured at day 14 and eight completed at day 28 all right so so the range of this was you know 14 to 28 days 
the average maximum tolerated dose of CBD was 300 milligrams per day. Uh, and THC for those five were 10 milligrams per day. Okay. All right, good. Now we got that. So nine of the 21 patients, just a little less than half, met the definition of response, which was greater than six-point reduction in the total burden symptoms. The total burden symptoms. Okay. Okay, so they probably had this list saying, okay, rank your pain, rank your sleep uh, yeah. disorders, rank, rank your nausea. And they probably had that, and then there was a scoring system, and less than, just less than half reported higher than a six-point reduction in that analysis. Drowsiness was the most common side effect. Uh, let's see here. Well, I would say at 300 milligrams a day, yeah, you're going to be a little drowsy. I, was, I wanted to ask, are they doing it throughout, you know, they're breaking that dosage up so the 300 milligrams goes throughout the day? Is it one shot sure, of 300? Sure. And that's an appropriate question for you to ask. Yeah. Uh, but I do not have the answer for you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> because okay. I didn't list it on here, but it's a, it's a good question. Yeah. Um, now, they did make a final statement here, and it says, the doses of THC and CBD used in this study were generally well tolerated mm -hmm. and the outcome measure of total symptom distress is promising as a measure of overall symptom benefit okay again december 2019 study uh as as i see this uh the studies are becoming more what was that one term let me let me just say that one term again um they're, they're needing high-quality mm -hmm. clinical studies to help, you know, give these clinical practices, these, these doctors, to give them something to grasp onto. Right. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I didn't know, again, what are your qualifications? Is it a certain amount of number of people? Is it a length? Is it a – yeah, I – so I can tell you what I've read. I, there is a standardization of clinical studies. There is a, what, what business people usually call best practices. Mm -hmm. Well, in clinical studies, they have those as well. Yeah. And I think it's fairly easy for them to look at those and go, are you using best practices or are you using something other than, because maybe that's all you have access to. Right. Uh, they, hey, listen, they're not going to Google and looking at studies. They're going to these peer review publications and these associations that have a structure and a standardization themselves. Yeah. But I, to answer your question, I believe that's exactly how it is. They, uh, they really need a very specific type of study to feel very confident about the outcome. Mm -hmm. And a study didn't, uh, done in a very specific way. Uh, but what I am noticing is that these clinical studies are moving from a review to actual in vivo type studies where they're using you know real biological material, um, human tissues. So if you want, if you want my opinion of everything I've seen, is it's moving in that direction. Well, and it sounds like it's, it, yeah, it's moving in a, in a positive way. Obviously, they started way back when on rats. Yes, You yes. know, and now they're moving into human studies, which is so promising because, I mean, we can only, yes, the rats are commonly used in right. things, but until you get actually into the human and see how it right. interacts with CBD and all the other medications that they're on, 
That's that. That's fantastic. That's great news. Right. Yeah. And, and keep it in mind, I mean, the Farm Bill released the hemp off the schedule just last year. Or no, 2018. I'm sorry, yeah. not last year, in 2018. Right. So a lot of these studies are just starting because, you know, they take a little while to get underway. Oh, uh, sure. You got to get but, the people. Yeah, you got to get the time. Yeah. You got to get all the information. Yeah, that's it's not an easy thing, as we learned, um, because they're doing all these studies right now with the coronavirus um, serum. Right. You know, it's just a whole long process. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's take a short break for our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to continue delivering uh, hopefully some helpful knowledge to you regarding how CBD is being studied yeah. for breast cancer. Okay. Okay. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Live authentically. Heal naturally with Canafil. We have three unique blends for pain relief, reducing stress, and promoting healthy sleep. Visit Canafil.com for the convenience of online shopping that includes free shipping. Or if you're in Arizona, stop by our store in Phoenix for personal consultation and product selection. Our friendly staff is here to help you. All of our products have full third-party testing and a seven-day satisfaction guarantee. Call 480-599-1003 or visit Canafil.com. Canafil, giving you your life back. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice of America Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the CBD Ed Show. If you have a question that you'd like addressed on a future episode of our program, please send an email to info at canafil.com. That's info at C-A-N-N-A-F-Y-L.com. Now back to the CBD Ed Show. Hey, welcome back, <laughs> listeners, to the CBD Ed Show. I knew that was going This is your host, Ed. Kimberly Rose. Hello. Hopefully trying our best to deliver an unbiased view on the current research uh, as it relates to CBD and breast cancer. Yeah. That was our mission today. Uh, and the team really did a good job putting all this stuff together. Uh, and what, I want, what we want to do next is kind of give you a view on the opinions of some of the leaders out there in this space. Uh, you know, like we have breastcancer.org, we have uh, 
MD Anderson Cancer Center are two of the ones that we thought we'd share. Just kind of give you an idea how they're viewing this topic because it may make a little sense to understand where their views are if they're the ones all over the internet. Right. All right. So, you know, again, if you're a student of Google Scholar, you just go right to the clinical research. But if you just go to Google, you might be influenced by other parts of this campaign. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, some, you know, have to be careful of their exposure uh, because, again, the legalities around CBD, but even the legalities around promoting something that might not have a clinical study to, to back up yeah. you know, whether they should be promoting it or not. Uh, there also is another thing. A lot of these medical communities, even the support ones, sometimes are caught in between what might be considered homeopathic or natural and what would be considered uh, pharmaceutical. Yeah, well, and those organizations are so large that um, I think before they can put anything in print or say anything like that, they have to run it through the legal team. Yeah. And um, uh, my experience with any legal team is they're always going to say, nope, right, no, uh, right, no. Right. can't say it, can't, nope. You're going to have to wait for somebody else to say it. Thank goodness we don't have a legal team. <laughs> <laughs> and we still watch our P's and Q's, but we're just so passionate about this. We're not yeah. going to let it stay in behind the curtain. It and, needs to be open. Yeah. And that's not all. We're old. We don't care what they do to us. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself. I am not old. <laughs> I would agree. I, I'll say that. <laughs> I don't care what they. I don't care what they do to me. Well. So, and that's that's my mission. My mission. My mission. I, if if anybody's not heard this before, my mission is to create a new reality. Yeah. When it comes to uh, having a natural alternative for some of the things that we've just had no alternative but pharmaceutical. Yeah. I'm not saying pharmaceutical is bad, but no. I am definitely on a mission to create a new alternative where you have a choice. Well, and that's the main, that is the main idea here. And I have so many people that come in and say, is there, I just want to try something also that's yeah. maybe just not so pharmaceutical and a little bit more natural. Yeah. And opiates is where we, 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 we hit the button. Right on the nose. Yeah. Like, that, I just can't use opiates anymore. Can you, can you, do you have a solution? Yeah. Thank God we did. Right? Yeah. Because that crisis was just getting bigger. Yeah. Uh, anyway. And uh, we're going to see it shrink a lot, I think. Yeah. Over mm -hmm. the years. And uh, hopefully uh, as it goes down, CBD will go up and then you don't have all those crazy side effects and all yeah. those terrible things that happen with pharmaceuticals. And, and I think that the uh, whole thing is working out well. So when I went in for this initial, uh, you know, x-rays and so forth, you know, I, I would say five years ago, I would have walked out of there and my pockets would have been full. Of prescriptions, ready. Of painkillers. Pain mm -hmm. You know, just full of them. How many do you want? Well, wait, you're not even going to ask me. Here, take 19 of these every day for the next month. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last week is when I went in and nothing. They so, didn't offer you anything? No, I, they offered an anti-inflammatory that had uh, pain-relieving benefits to it, but I checked in, it had nothing to do, it was an ASID. Yeah. Uh, and that was all. Uh, so kudos. Yeah, that's good. The medical good. industry got uh, 
did what they said they were going to do. Right. Let's, let's, let's put the control on this thing. Yeah, because right. it, it has a lot of ramifications that yeah. are just not good. Yeah. So anyway, um, all right. So we looked into where breastcancer.org, how they felt. There was a statement that they put out January of 2020. And their biggest issue was, hey, it's extremely important to know that marijuana is not a treatment for breast cancer. They stepped right into that first statement. Just want to let you guys know, we're looking at this. Marijuana is not a treatment for breast cancer. Right. All right. Um, But then they suggest, here's why people are using cannabis, and it is to ease side effects of the treatment and the pain caused by cancer. So they took a very affirmative position on the cannabis being used uh, in that palliative, palliative treatment. Yeah. Which is, yeah, we've got this, this thing that we're using, chemotherapy, but there's lots of side effects. And, and that, so even breastcancer.org is suggesting, yeah, but we, we see this. This, one, this one's fairly real. So... Um, and it says, you know, and they even validated their statement. They said, because marijuana is federally illegal, research on marijuana to manage cancer uh, is still very limited. Yeah. Okay, so I, I appreciate uh, breastcancer.org because they, un- they, they, they shared why they were taking this position. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Right. Well, their first word, as much it, as they could. <laughs> their first word was, it's not a treatment for breast cancer. Uh, I think they probably could have reworded that. But uh, so that was an opinion. They didn't back it up by anything. Right. Uh, but still, I like the, st- I like the statement, uh, because marijuana is still federally illegal, which it really still is, um, research is limited. Yeah. So, but they cite this. Anecdotal evidence suggests that marijuana may ease. And when they think about marijuana, they actually they mean cannabis in general. Uh, pain, nausea and vomiting, hot flashes, loss of appetite, anxiety, insomnia. Mm-hmm. And they're suggesting that these are all caused by breast cancer diagnosis and treatment. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's breastcancer.org's view on this, and it looks fairly passive. Yeah. Well, I think the great part about this is now I think patients can actually talk to their doctors honestly. They can, yeah. They can say, hey, I really want, I'm starting to do this, or I'm doing, I've been doing this, and I want to continue doing this, and I want you to say that that's okay, or, you know, I don't know. uh, it's funny when I, because I listened to our first show this morning just to kind of get a recap. And one of the things that Ryan said on the show was that uh, he told his doctor that he had a med- medical marijuana card that, and he was treating some of his pain. He has really bad pain, back pain. Yeah. And uh, the doctor told him, uh, and now this was, you know, a while back. Well, if you're going to use that, I can't be your doctor anymore. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. That was just a year ago. And isn't that sad? Yeah. yeah. I don't think that would be the case now. Well, listen, I think that doctor might have kind of a, a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. And I'd hate to, I hate to say this, but it's a little bit in line with what I read uh, on where MD Anderson's Cancer Center 
responded. Okay, let's hear it. So, um, they posted something September 9th, 2019. And I know that's a whole year from now. But uh, the title of this was CBD Oil and Cancer, Nine Things to Know. Mm-hmm. And I, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to interpret what, what I read because I don't really have anything else to do. I can't, right? they, they, they don't cite any studies. Right. They're just making statements. Right. If they were citing, state, uh, you know, citing studies, then uh, I knew it to, I'd know what to do with that. Um, but it still is kind of helpful, but again, it, it, it's kind of leading. Uh, so they talk about what is CBD oil and how does it differ from marijuana and hemp. Uh, they talk about is there any truth to the claims that CBD oil can cure cancer. Uh, by the way, their answer is no. But they did say right now it's no. Yeah. I did appreciate that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, they say they uh, they said, what, if anything, can CBD oil do to alleviate the symptoms of cancer and side effects of cancer treatment? Uh, MD Anderson's response was, it's hard to say if CBD oil can alleviate cancer symptoms or cancer treatment side effects because the studies are pretty mixed and even fewer are standardized. Uh, now, I'm thinking MD Anderson's Cancer Center probably has more access to studies than I do. Yeah. And that, that statement in September 2019, one year ago, seems to be a little misleading to me. I guess that falls back into those guidelines I was asking about earlier. Like, do, so they probably do this. No, yes. Maybe. No, no, yeah. no, yes. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they did. Uh, has any CBD oil derived products been approved for U.S. Food and Drug Administration to treat cancer, its symptoms, or the side effects caused by its treatments? And their answer was no. And they are correct. Nothing right. has been uh, approved. Yet, because FDA, you know, what were they approved so far? Epidiolex and others, but that nothing around this. So yeah. their answer was correct. Uh, have any products using CBD oil been approved by FDA to treat anything? And I'm thinking to myself, why did they? Why did they feel that was a relevant question? But anyway, they did, and they said yes. Epidiolex. It was originally approved in 2018 for the treatment of two conditions, both related to epilepsy. Um. But aside from Epidiolex, no CBD products have been approved by the FDA for any other medical purposes. Uh, that's untrue, but that might have been not tr- uh, might have been current uh, in September of 2019. Right. Uh, what are the dangers of using CBD oil? And I think this is where I started getting turned by <laughs> the MD Anderson Center uh, yes. Cancer Center. So, what are the dangers of using CBD oil? Uh, quality, cleanliness, and regulations are the biggest concern. So quality, cleanliness, and regulations are the biggest concerns. And I agree. Uh, Does CBD oil have any side effects? CBD oil can adversely affect liver functions. Now, when they said that, they're not citing any studies, and we already have gone through all those studies. Yeah. And so adversely affected liver function uh, is not a very accurate statement. And uh, it also says, in fact, this is on the warning label for epidiolex. My guess is, is that's the only place they got that opinion. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it also suggested in lab studies, CBD has been shown to inhibit certain enzymes responsible for the metabolism of drugs. And he lists those two enzymes, and they are absolutely correct. He said, this can affect how drugs work and affect in our bodies, either by reducing their efficiencies or making them more dangerous. Right. 
Uh, it says this includes chemotherapy and other med- other medications. That's where they got me. Yeah. So at to this date, no one has ever repeated that statement. So where did MD Anderson get that cancer center get that information? I mean, again, we'll we'll, we'll look at the legal team and <laughs> and you know I'm sure they wanted to say more, but you just yeah. Yeah, I, I, it almost feels like maybe they had a big farmer in their back pocket. Okay, yes, I said that. You, <laughs> well, right. you've said it many times on this show, so. Uh, yeah, and, and by the way, um, the drug chemotherapy uh, that's used in chemotherapy, I mean, that was patented back in 1980s. I don't know the specific year, uh, but it has been around that long. Yeah. I think they've and still being used. Yeah, I I think they've actually, from what I can understand, kind of cleaned it up a little bit. Yeah, I think there's sense. a less intense yeah. version and all kinds of stuff now. Yeah, they have uh, they have another question: Is CBD even legal? <laughs> I thought that was a pretty odd uh, way to present that question. Uh, what's the most important thing cancer patients should know about CBD oil? All right, so the first one is there's still lots to learn, okay? So always let your healthcare team know if you're using CBD oil. That way we can make sure nothing interacts adversely with your cancer treatment or other medications. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Also, avoid products with health-related claims on their labels. Uh, The only products approved by FDA for its medical value is Epidiolex. Uh, I already shared with you my thought about that, and but I do appreciate they're saying also avoid products with health-related claims on their label. Uh, it's not that the claim is valid or invalid. It is FDA has specifically said not to do that. So if a product is doing that, it might also imply that that manufacturer might have not met standards in other areas as well. Yeah. Does that sound okay? Yeah, because even in the CBD world where we're not regulated yet if you're um, a good manufacturer you want to start getting your product in line so that the FDA does approve you when they step in so those claims you know cures cancer all that stuff it's just not a good idea to to do that you just don't you don't need to if your product is a good product your product will stand up and and do its its work for you so in general uh, my so to close on this particular subject in general it just feels like all those big players that are in the supportive channels of cancer are all taking that middle position right now yeah. which is an extremely positive thing to see yeah, it's not negative anymore, it's which correct. is, you know, before it was like, oh, are you guys crazy? Get no. your butt back in here and take our chemotherapy. And <laughs> I, I mean, people have been smoking marijuana for oh, yeah. a very long time to get through uh, cancer treatments. Right. Yeah. And uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit uh, here about what uh, Kim has brought to us. And this is a list of um, a few of the major and minor cannabinoids in the cannabis hemp plant that may have something to do with cancer. Yeah. Yeah, just read them out there. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, the CBD is going to be your biggest. Your biggest one. Your biggest one. And it does so much, and it also inhibits 
tumor cell growth, mm -hmm. inhibits cancer growth, which is basically the same thing, right? I think, well, there, there are two different pieces of that, yes. Yeah. One, one is causing the cell death and one is stop it from proliferating. Yeah. Okay. I use this a lot, um, especially for my, my cancer patients that have questions about uh, how CBD helps them. Yeah. Uh, CBDA kills cancer cells. I mean, we pulled this uh, chart off of uh, off the internet and, and and did some research on these specific cannabinoids and, yep. and was able to actually verify that this is things that really do help. Uh, CBN really just helps with sleep, pain reliever. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to find my cancer. CBG. We all are starting to hear about CBG. We did a show on CBG and... It's big. It's a big cancer, uh, kills cancer cells. CBG, another, uh, oh, that's CBGV that I just said, but CBG also inhibits cancer growth. It's an anti-inflammatory. Um, CBC, again, they're, all these cannabinoids are, they're going in there and they're inhibiting cancer growth. So I think the, when you have all of them together, and then of course we'll just we'll we'll go to THC. So THC inhib a inhibits cancer growth, inhibits tumor cells. So does T THC uh, just all by itself? Delta nine. Um, that's going to be your pain reliever, and that's going to be it cre increases your appetite. It, it does so many. It's an antioxidant. It's just such a good cannabinoid. I know it gets a lot of bad feed um, for its psychoactive effects, but with CBD in there, uh, CBD goes in and actually calms the THC psychoactive effects. Yeah, yeah. So if you ever get to a place where you've gotten t too much THC, take some pure CBD and it will go in there and calm those effects. But when you're in the throes of chemo and you're just nauseous and you're in pain and you're all of those things, if you take a nice good supplement of CBD, it's just gonna give you that extra relief that you need. All right, now question, do you have that uh, on the website, the canafil.com website? I don't, I don't know if we've actually, it's in the store. I mean, I, I told the people at, during the break, we use this every day, absolutely every day, and to not only describe the different CBDs in the, in the industry right now, but also to give you an idea of what all those cannabinoids are doing for you. But we can put it up. Uh, I'm going to suggest that you, we give uh, our listeners access to this, and here's why. The when you buy uh, a high quality CBD product, there's always an associated third party potency test, and that third party potency test will list all those cannabinoids that she was talking about. And if you have a need because you are dealing with a patient who has cancer, or you or you yourself has it, you might want to know which one of these cannabinoids have an impact on cancer, and then you can relate that knowledge to the third party test and go, is the product I'm using have high levels or a sufficient amount of those CBDs that are related to cancer? So let's do that and then you listen with listeners, look for that because again, that could be a useful piece of information when selecting a CBD product. Yeah, and okay. I think honestly, um in the in the field right now, they're I think they're sort of manipulating. I don't know if they're manipulating the plant, they are. but and because they are making 
hemp plants with these cannabinoids yeah. in higher volume. Yeah. Just I want to say for like as a, a cancer a cancer um, a CBD product, and so that would be fantastic if you could get you know, high levels of the cannabinoids that really go in and eat those tumors. Yeah. And they eat those tumors, those bad tumors or cells, and they don't destroy the rest of the cells around that, which is so important because chemo goes in and destroys not only the cell, but a lot of the stuff around, the healthy stuff around it, it just really does a number on you. Yeah. So, and that uh, makes me want to segue to the future of clinical research as it applies to CBD and cancer, uh, specifically, uh, actually both, all, uh, all cancers. Um, I know that we didn't talk much about the uh, BRCA uh, gene, the BRCA-1, uh, which is very common, but I do want to let you know that there are current plans and clinical studies around it. There is already some reasonable amount of clinical studies related to the ID1 gene, the expression yeah. of it. There are lots of studies around the anti-tumoral uh, benefits or characteristics. Uh, we talked a little bit about the IL1, uh, which it regulates an inflammatory response and that inflammation uh, is known to be carcinogenic. So uh, those studies are all happening right now. And yeah. super exciting because by the time we hit next October, I can only imagine how advanced these will become because it'll be expect exponentially increased over the next 12 months. Yeah, and I, I mean, for this kind of stuff, I, I'm encouraged because I, again, I, I feel like it's preventative. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't think it's working or you don't know if it's working, it's in there doing, it is in there working. Yeah. And yeah, you're taking it for anxiety, but it's actually doing other things also. It's not something that just goes in and right. takes care of one thing. Okay, guys, we've got to get ready to wrap. My final word on this is that the manipulation of the plant uh, also is something that is being clinically driven. Yes. Uh, so anyway, so that's a wrap for today's show. Uh, again, I want to thank uh, Kim and the team uh, back at Canafil for putting all this information together for us today. Uh, I know on our next show, we will be talking about uh, more about caring for those who are in chemotherapy. So stay tuned for our next show. You'll find that uh, helpful as well. So again, we want to thank all our listeners for listening today. Stay connected with us uh, on our canafil.com uh, social medias. And this is Kim and Ed wishing you the best. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the CBD Ed Show. Please join your host, Edward Cheney, for another edition next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. We can also be heard each week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, enjoy the upcoming weekend, and we'll be here soon.